Hey, this is Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. You're listening to the New Wave Music Podcast. Welcome back to the New Wave Music Podcast. As always, this is Steve. Hey, and I am T-Bone. So we wanted to do a shout out to our friends in Seattle, Washington. We really appreciate you listening over there. And if you're enjoying this podcast, how about buying us a cup of coffee? Uh, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com backslash new wave music. You don't know how much we'd appreciate it. Enough with the PBS pledge drive. Let's hop on to the next review we're going to be doing. Today's coming from a band that I'm excited about. One that we haven't heard from for quite a while. Everything But The Girl. And those of you who need to get familiar with Everything But The Girl or maybe need a refresher, I'm sure you've heard their breakthrough hit, Missing. They also had such hits as I Don't Want to Talk About It. And apron strings. Apron strings, cold and lonely for time brings. Thoughts lonely will be quiet when someone clings. They have a brand new album out, and we're uh, going to be taking a deep dive into it. Yeah, so the album is called Fuse. It just came out 2023. This is their 11th studio album, Steve. And, and actually, you mentioned it's been a while. It's been a long while. Uh, this is their first album in nearly 24 years following Temperamental from 1999. So it has been a long time. It has. They're gonna, that's a new album for a new generation. I guess you could say that. That's for sure. Now, this one, of course, has Tracy Thorne on vocals and Ben Watt on drums, guitar, piano, synths. He pretty much did all of the instrumentation and sings also on some songs. And as you probably know already, though, they are a married couple. And both of them uh, wrote the songs together, with the one exception being Run a Red Light, which was just Ben. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned that the band took a break for quite a while. And I'm doing some prep for the show, found out the band decided to call it quits to raise a, raise a family, the home life. Ben Watt was uh, founded his dance label, Buzz and Fly, and he was releasing solo music. Tracy Thorne also made albums and wrote several mm -hmm. uh, books as well, I found out. And actually, it was because of COVID that brought them together to make oh. an Everything But The Girl album. They kind of got talking. They didn't want to have any regrets on the table. Didn't even start out as an Everything But The Girl album. They were just going to call it like a solo album. And then they announced this as the most just out of the blue announcement in yeah. November. They just sent a tweet saying, just thought you'd know that Ben and I had made a new Everything But The Girl album and it'll be out next spring. Yeah, that's, that is out of the blue. Very out of the blue. Yes. But I'm excited. But let's jump into it and see how, what we think of it. Okay. The album opens up with the track, Nothing Left To Lose. I know the hour is late. Nothing left to lose. 
The album opens up with an infectious dubstep yet haunting first track. Hearing Tracy's vocals and seeing how they've held up over the last few decades was a very nice surprise. I like how everything but the girl, at least with his opening track, has kept the tempo and vibe. Seems to be a continuation of that sound that defined them pretty much in the late 90s with the album Walking Wounded. The lyrics, Kiss Me When the World Decays, really stuck with me and makes this track an album highlight for me. Yeah, and I believe this is the first single on the album. Is that correct? I think so. I think it was, yeah. And so right out of the gate, fantastic beat and some exciting sense. After all these years, Tracy still sounds wonderful with a very distinctive voice. And the most interesting thing, uh, part of this track, though, is late in the song where it goes to near silence, only to bring all the elements back stronger than ever. And I, I really, you mentioned a, a lyric there, and I really like the line, I need a thicker skin. This pain keeps getting in. Tell me what to do. I've always listened to you. Very strong opening for an album. Moving on to track number two, Run a Red Light. Run a red light. Forget the morning. This is tonight. Run a red light. Forget the morning. As much as I liked the opening track, I was thrilled to hear this more stripped down everything but the girl track. This one, Ben's vocals are front and center delivering some amazing lyrics. This is the everything but the girl sound that I've missed and I'm glad it's back. Yeah, you know, Steve, this one opens up with a startling, beautiful piano line that I just found amazing. And you're right, Ben gets his time to sing on this track. He sounds as good as ever, as well as uh, Tracy does. And midway through, some other synths come in, complimenting the piano, and they work wonderfully together. Tracy does add backing vocals, and I I really felt like they completed the picture. It's really, you know, one of the more slower-paced tracks on the album, but regardless, it's delightful in its presentation. So that takes us up to the third track, one of my favorites on the album, Caution to the Wind. Steve, I love the clapping beat that opens this track. It's entirely different from what we've heard before. When an additional standard beat comes in, it's thoroughly mesmerizing. Ben's piano and synths are both unusual and compelling, but it's in the middle of this song that everything comes together. An even stronger beat, commanding synths, and incredible vocals. Like I said, it's one of my favorite songs on this album, and it may be impossible not to move along to it. Bone, we haven't said this for a while, but are you copying my notes? I'm not. I've got on here the hand clapping to start out and accompany this song I found very unique and a great way to accompany the vocals and musicianship on this track. When that soft bass synth and the vocals come in fully about halfway into the song, it's nothing short than pure ear candy and another track that will be stuck in your head for days. Absolutely, I agree with you. And that takes us up to the fourth track, When You Mess Up. Forgive yourself. To sing is to pray twice And I hate people who give me advice When you mess up 
track opens in a very somber way, but with a great message about accepting your faults and mistakes. Swirling synths and a very simple piano line match the lyrics perfectly. My only complaint is that it, it doesn't seem to know how to end. And maybe that was planned, but I just didn't really find it all that effective. Flow on this album is great. How you can go from a semi-soft club tempo to a beautiful and power ballad such as this track. This one features some haunting piano, powerful lyrics, and soft synth work. T-Bone, I'm usually not a fan of the auto-tune, but how it was used on this track, I found it very creative and worked extremely well. I think I did like this track a little bit more than you did. I think that's possible. Yeah, you know, I didn't even notice the auto-tune on there. Maybe it was, okay, maybe it just wasn't enough to really be pointed out for me at least, but yeah, gotcha. Let's move ahead to track number five, Time and Time Again. Tempo picks back up on this track. I like how the duet vocals come in almost as another voice to tell the story about a woman struggling to to leave a relationship. I found it very effective. I also like that synth solo that comes into the track about halfway through the song. Yeah, you know, this this track, you mentioned it's a little bit faster. A little, a little, like I'd consider it more of a mid-tempo track. It has a great alternating beat as well as some nice synths. And there's some intermittent vocal effects that I found odd, but an interesting choice. And Tracy, once again, sounds wonderful. In some ways, I thought this song was somewhat minimal in its presentation. But for me, it still worked. Moving on to track number six, No One Knows We're Dancing. It's 5 p.m. on Sunday. The synth and tempo that blends into the vocals again works so well. This is another absolute highlight on an outstanding album. In fact, I'm going to say this may be my favorite song on the album. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Yeah, you know, this track does start off a little slow. Uh, A nice beat comes in, and then the song seems to kind of go in a completely different direction. The synths have a strange retro sound to them that kept me interested, but it's that beat with a great clicking sound that accompanies it that I found to be the most fun and compelling part of this song. And that takes us up to track number seven, Lost. I lost my faith and my best friend. I lost my mother. I lost my mother. Vocals are matched by fascinating synths and a slower beat. While it's a good track and the lyrics about loss are real well, really well done, uh, this is probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. It has some unusual sonic touches, but sadly, I, I just didn't find that the song went anywhere overall. Well, T-Bone Howe was kind of given praise on the use of autotune a few tracks ago. This one, again, has a little bit of autotune starting off with just a few words being in autotune. But I found those to be a distraction. But when Tracy's vocals start up again with those powerful and soulful lyrics about the loss of her mother, this song recovers quickly for me. And that takes us to track number eight, 
forever. really enjoyed how this track builds up slowly. The tempo picks up a bit with each verse and hits its mark with the chorus. I will have to say that this track Ben really gets to shine with the flow of the song and his musicianship. I would say it's a it's a highlight, but I feel like pretty much everything on this album has been a highlight for me. Yeah, you know, that clapping beat returns, and I really like the way it works, especially with the synths. Not long after that, a full beat comes in, and along with the vocals, makes a great combination. The song really comes together as it moves into the final third, though. The lyrics are as smart as well, with an example being, Do away with cruelty. Do away with pain. Do away with playing games for short-term gains. I like that. And up next is track number nine, Interior Space. I never could cry And I never wondered why But was it a lie? Was it a lie? really slow things down for this track with Ben singing initially. His voice seems partly muted though, which I thought was kind of an odd choice as Tracy then comes in with her voice, which is not muted. It's one of the shortest tracks on the album, which for me, I think may have been a good idea. Yeah, things do slow down for this ballad, and this is also the third time that that auto-tune effect has shown up or maybe that muted effect that you're talking about. But this time I'm going to say that that was a misfire and a distraction from the vocals. Also, this track, I kind of agree with you. This track is probably, unfortunately, the very the most skippable one on the album. And we're going to close things off with the 10th track, Karaoke. I'm alone in the crowd And the spotlight's on me now Is this working? Are you feeling something? Do you see me? We close the album with another slower song, though it does have a nice beat to it and kind of a wall of synths until things settle down into a more normal sound. Tracy and Ben alternate vocals and it works really well. As the song progresses, they sing in unison and that everything but the girl sound is complete. In addition, there's a, there's a number of tempo changes and I thought they really worked nicely for the most part. Yeah, as you mentioned, the album does close out with a slower song that does feature some great synth work, some great bass that flow very smoothly into those vocals. I really enjoyed the the lyrics to the chorus. Do you sing to heal the brokenhearted? Oh, you know I do. Well, and so, you know, Steve, Everything But The Girl kind of has had two lives. They originally were more of a sophistipop kind of band. Then they moved into a little bit more of a dance house, not trip hop, but kind of house style music. And I have to say that that 80s sophistipop sound is probably a little bit 
more in my liking over the more dance-oriented music that they changed to. That original sound that they had back in the 80s brings up very personal experiences that I had at the time. And that's not to say that I dislike this different sound that they evolved to. I, I like it a lot. They have a way of bringing different sounds together in a way that makes musical sense. I like this album a lot. Going as far to say that despite the flaws here and there, I think it's one of the best albums of the year so far. They've always known how to create intelligent music and elicit emotion from it. I just hope that we don't have to wait another 24 years to hear from this talented duo. Everything But The Girl was one of those bands I really enjoyed in the late 80s and throughout the 90s. I'll be honest, this is one of those bands that I didn't think were going to get a new album. It was a very nice surprise announcement that they made last year, or late last year. And as you can tell throughout the review, I love this album. It's one that's actually on heavy rotation for me, and I'm sure it will be on my best of the year list. I highly recommend this album to anyone that's a fan of music. All right, Steve. Well, one album down. Let's go into some music news. Uh, The first thing that we have is Andy Partridge of XTC. He has another band now called The Three Club Men. They have a self-titled EP that is going to be released on June 30th. Well, T-Bone, I don't know about you, but Christmas really came early for me this year. The weekend of recording on this, I found out out of the blue that Oingo Boingo former members finally have started releasing new music as promised. They just released a new uh, four-song EP called Still Alive, which features a cover version of Tequila. as well as three classic Wingo Boingo songs, this time recorded with their new singer, Brendan McCurry. And it's a great way to see and get exposure to what they are now. As we've said multiple times throughout this podcast, if you have not seen them live, you need to see them live. Phenomenal band. Boy, that's an understatement. And part of this EP, what the plan is, is they're going to slowly keep rolling out more songs between now and up through, I believe, October. So come October, we'll have a full album, and you can rest assured that we will be covering that album when it's uh, fully out. And then also the Connells uh, finally have a live album. It's the first time they've done one. It's called Set the Stage. It's 12 of their classic songs. Mike Connell had said, over the years, fans have asked why we haven't released a live record. The best explanation I can give is that when we walked off the stage at any given night, I was ready to move on from what we did, had just done. Maybe more to the point, I was scared to listen to what we had done. I tried to fixate on the mistakes. And so, you know, it sounds like that he's gotten over that and we have a live album for from them. And speaking of other new music, the band Garbage has a great cover of Susie and the Banshees' City and Dust on their new EP. And I really like the end of it, how Shirley Manson kind of plays tribute to Susie by saying, I love you, Susie, at the end. 
We're seeing them in concert in a few weeks. I really hope they add this to their set list. Oh, I'd love to have that. And then finally today, uh, you know, the great Kate Bush has now been uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sadly enough, New Order and Joy Division still have not. So we'll wait for them, but at least congratulations to Kate Bush. All right, well, let's uh, go back into some record reviews. Uh, We're going to look next at Natalie Merchant. You'll remember her from her days with 10,000 Maniacs and the songs These Are Days. days And Like the Weather. And then, of course, after she left that band, she went on to a very illustrious solo career and including songs like Wonder. And Carnival. Have I been blind? So this album is called Keep Your Courage. It also just came out this year, 2023. So this is her eighth studio album and her first since 2017's Butterfly, which was a compilation of some new songs, classics, and demos. Her first album, 1995's Tiger Lily, was a huge success, and it's a shame that So far, this one hasn't uh, received that kind of reception. She started writing this, Steve, right after uh, having spinal surgery in early 2020. So this one has Natalie, of course, on vocals, Allison Miller on drums, Carmen Staff on piano, Mike Riverd on bass, and then a traditional Irish group joins her called Lunasa. Uh, that has Ed Boyd on guitars, Patrick Ducey on guitar, Trevor Hutchinson on upright bass, Kevin Crawford on flute, Sean Smythe on fiddle, and not that Colin Farrell, but a different Colin Farrell also on fiddle. And T-Bone, I'm not sure if you know this, but this is actually a concept album. Is it? The album's built around the concept of having a courageous heart and is a concept album composed entirely of love songs, which Merchant was inspired to write after she had surgery. That also kind of turned into an infection that led to uh, sepsis. Hmm. And during the experience of healing from love and care by others, the lyrics discuss feelings of isolation she had during COVID-19, and the album explores political themes and feminism. Many of the songs are written about or two fictional or mythical characters, which is also a songwriting tool Merchant uses to approach the cont- contemporary issues. Very interesting. All right, well, let's start off with the first track, Big Girls. So never show them that you care. Big girls, they don't Close the door. 
So this is the first of two songs featuring backing vocals from Abina Coombson Davis. It opens with a beautiful piano line followed followed immediately by Natalie's familiar voice. This song lets us know if you're familiar with her, her sound on what to expect. I found it to be a great start to the album. Not only does she sound fantastic, but as all the instruments, including strings, come in, it really completes the picture. Horns are an outstanding addition as well. Yeah, this duet song is a great way to open the album. Natalie's vocals sound as powerful and as wonderful as ever. The lyrics were on point. What really stood out to me on this opening track was the musicianship. The keyboards have a a subtle string arrangement that blends into them perfectly. I'll say this, if the rest of the tracks are like this, it's going to make for a great album. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So that brings up the second track, which is one of my favorites on the album. It's called Come On Aphrodite. And this is the second of the two songs with Davis on backing vocals, but I think I found her to be a far more of a prevalent addition in this song than the previous one. Natalie sounded a little raw initially on this song, but it's not anything that hurts the song. The band picks up the pace a little more from that contemplative opener, and the tempo gets more brisk as the song continues. Horns are even more relevant on this track, and it really enhanced the songs. And Steve, you know how much I love a good bass line. This one has a great one that works so well with the piano. This one, like the first track, works very well. I really liked how the horns came in and matched the tempo, but they didn't overpower the track. And again, like the opening track, you get some great vocals, lyrics, and musicianship. I'll say that this track is actually the album highlight for me. Let's move on to track number three, Sister Tilly. A nice string arrangement opens this track. This one, we finally get just Natalie on vocals. This one reminded me of a Celtic-style track. At times, reminded me of something you might hear on a Lorena McKenna album. The strings blend blending into the rest of the music made this one a joy to listen to. Yeah, you know, see, this is actually another one of my favorite songs on this album. I really like the simple but elegant acoustic guitar that accompanies Natalie to start the track. Beautiful woodwinds and strings come in quickly and create a full sound, one that is very robust, but never to the point of overtaking the general sound of the song. A really interesting change of tempo occurs midway through the track. It works really well with the structure of the song. Steve, this is actually the longest song on the album, around seven minutes. And for me, it just flew by. And you know how much I don't really care for long songs. This one just felt like it was over before it started. I would agree with you. You don't even notice those seven minutes. Exactly. Move on to track number four, Narcissist.
if possible, things slow down for a bit for this track. And again, you get Natalie backed by some beautiful musicianship, and Natalie's vocal talents are front and center on this track. I like how the, the tempo increases about halfway into the track and then comes back down almost to really slow down again to close out the song. Yes. You know, the piano and the strings, which are really a, an important element throughout this album, are joined by a very hypnotic guitar, which is just la- played lovingly. Natalie reaches some real highs with her vocals on this track. It just goes to show that the talent she professed for 30 plus years was not a fluke. Another longer song, Steve. This one's just a little over six minutes, but incredibly enough, they never... Uh, sound like they're overstaying their welcome and that takes us up to the fifth track hunting the wren she bested the eagle when she hid in its way with sticks and with stones all among the small Natalie uses Lusana to their best strengths for this Irish-tinged song. I do like the instrumentation on this track, especially some percussion embellishments. Unfortunately, overall, I did find the track a little lacking, especially after a strong start to this album. Oddly enough, I like the middle of the songs without vocals more than when she's singing. I've really enjoyed her singing, so let's just say it's really kind of a small misstep here. Tibona, I'm actually going to agree with you. This track did not work for me. From the slow bass starting off the song, I kind of found the song to be dull and boring. The track tries to pick up a little bit towards the middle of the song, like you mentioned, by adding some soft strings and some great percussion work. But this one just didn't connect or hold my interest on this track. Let's see how track number six does, Guardian Angel. Guardian Angel, I don't believe you could ever This track, we start off with just an acoustic guitar backing backing Natalie's vocals, which after the misfire of the prior track helps helps pull me back into this album. This one, again, has some soft strings and some woodwinds that do a nice job to accompany Natalie's vocals. I will say that this would have been a good track, but the minor off-key vocals at times took me out of in and out of it. Yeah, you know, I think that we agree pretty much exactly on this song here. You know, it does have that that beautiful acoustic guitar to open, and Natalie's voice with that guitar works wonders. And I, I think I, I have to agree with you, Steve. Natalie starts the song strongly, but shortly it sort of sounds like she's trying too hard to meet some of those higher notes. Fortunately, it doesn't happen that often, and it far from hurts the song in a more negative way. It's funny, I was so enamored by that acoustic guitar that I didn't even realize all the other instruments joining in. Uh, it's just played that well. And that'll take us up to the seventh track, yet again, another one of my favorite songs on this album. Eye of the Storm. So high on the seas you roll, a sack of skull and ball, all plunder and pillage inside. Natalie's achingly beautiful vocals open this track, again with strumming acoustic guitar. She has a way of making the vocals match to pretty much any instrument that's playing, and some welcome woodwinds make this song sound more somber than it probably is. The slower pace of this track makes a directional move midway through, but it still has that continuity that matches as a whole. Yeah, I really enjoyed this song from the opening with that acoustic guitar 
that blends into some soft percussions on those woodwinds that also accompany Natalie's vocals help get this album back on tra- on point for me. Also, was that a bagpipe solo that I that I kind of picked up on the middle of the song? Very possible. And how often do we get to say there's a bagpipe solo in a song? <laughs> that is true. So that takes us up to the eighth track, Tower of Babel. It's just a tower of Now, Steve, you can't go wrong with having cowbells opening a song. This is unquestionably the most spirited song on the album. The jazzy horns, great drum beats, stellar guitar and bass playing make this song one of the most memorable on the album. This one is the most different sounding songs present here, but does it mean it doesn't fit in? I would not say so at all. It fits in wonderfully with the rest of this album. Even the last thing I would expect on this album was to have the cowbell front and center, but that's what we get along with some great horns to open this track. As you mentioned that I really enjoyed the tempo and had how the vocal melodies blend into the musicianship. It works very well. This is actually another album highlight for me. Could not agree more. And we're starting to close out the album with track number nine song of himself. Who saw the world in a blade of Towards the end of the album, I'm glad that the pace is continuing to pick up. Here's a great track to show off Natalie's vocals and how they've held up very well, as you also, I believe you mentioned earlier in this review. I thought that the backing chorus was also a great way to add another layer and another improvement onto this track. See, and I think you like this one probably a little bit more than I did. It does have some fine instrumentation, uh, especially with some really nice piano work. But I would say that overall, this is the least inspired track on the album. Everything is present to make it a better track. But even that being the case, for me, it just didn't really rise above anything being just pretty much average. And we're going to close out the album with track number 10, The Feast of St. Valentine. Don't stop your search now, go by the grace of God. Keep your courage, keep your faith, and take this paper high to keep you safe. The album slows down for this closing track, and this song, I'm not sure, but might be one of the longest on the album. We talked about how some of the other songs went by fairly quick. This one, unfortunately, you you felt every minute of this song. It really kind of grinded this album to a halt for me. I got to admit that slow tempo just kind of went on way too long for me to recommend it. Like almost every song on this album, Natalie's vocals are solid and, and the musicianship is outstanding. But this is just another track that didn't connect with. Well, and see, I don't think it's one of the better tracks on the album, but we are definitely in a disagreement upon this one. You know, the first thing that actually caught my attention on this track is the use of the wording and brief moments of silence that create a unique transition. It doesn't happen a lot throughout the song, but in those moments, it's very effective. And strings that come in, they have a bold cinematic feel. 
The relatively simple piano that plays along uh, is very sweet and somber and builds more powerfully as the song continues. So again, I think I did like this track maybe a little bit more than you did. Yeah, overall, it was great to revisit Natalie Merchant. I've always enjoyed her work with 10,000 Maniacs and some, most of her solo albums. This album, I'm going to have to give, though, probably a mild recommend as a casual fan. It's one of those albums, if I listen to broken up into segments, it makes for an enjoyable listening experience. Got to admit for this review, as I tried to listen to it in its entirety, it's a very long album, and you start to feel it about halfway through and get that musical fatigue in there. To be honest, I'm not really sure if I'll revisit these songs much in the future. And that surprises me, because based on what you were saying, I thought you liked it more than you actually did. I liked it and slowed up. My overall, though, is if I'm listening to this album as an overall, it makes for a really long experience. Hmm. Two different experiences I had. Well, I thought 10,000 Maniacs was a great band, and Natalie made her solo work not a duplication of their sound, but similar enough to be recognized as hers. It's been a long time since we've heard a new full album from her, too long. And what we have here, I think, is a wonderful continuation of an outstanding career. Hopefully she uh, returns with more in the near future. Her vocals, for the most part, are still as strong and searingly insightful. Smart lyrics also make a good album better, and that certainly is the case here. So we're going to definitely be on polar opposites here. Big surprise, I really, really like this album. So much so that for now, it's going to be on my list of the year's best work. Well, Timon, as you said, it's kind of interesting to hear our take on these. Different opposites sometimes, and that's okay. that, That is definitely okay. I'm curious how we're gonna what we're gonna think on our next episode when we jump into the songs from the shelves part one and two from Nick Kershaw and the latest album from the Boomtown Rats. Yeah, you know, and you know how much I loved that most recent full album from Nick Kershaw. So I'm oh, I think very, you're still drooling over that. I, I might be. I, I'm still I'm still lost in it. Uh, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to to see what we think about uh, these two EPs. And you know, as usual, you can always find us on our social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram. Uh, TikTok now and then, not as often as we used to. And of course, we have the website, which is newwavemusicpodcast.com. We thank you for listening, and we really uh, appreciate you joining us. Mm-hmm.